the Armstrong and Getty Show. Glad you're here. Thank you very much for tuning in. Yeah, we reported on that rotten, garbage, piece of crap California teacher who's denigrating members of our nation's military. There's another bloke who probably sees things a little closer to my point of view who is way over the line. Uh, berating a kid who wouldn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, also, you know, some some of the immigration debates beginning again. Um, we, you know, it's it's so tiring because a there's so much lying, so much phoniness, and so many of these arguments have been heard many times before. But we know y'all care about it, we care about it, so we got to dive back into that at some point. Um, but first, a couple of Olympic notes. First of all. Positive Sean and the rest of us struggling to figure out who really leads the quote-unquote medal count. Is it Norway that's got a bunch of bronzes, a handful of silvers, a couple of golds? Is it like Germany that has the most golds? Is it the U.S. because we're better than the rest of them? Um, and and we'll win. We'd win more medals if they weren't cheating. Um, or what? How do you how do you figure out who's actually the medal count leader? And I believe Positive Sean has come up with the ideal solution. Yes. So what I have done is I have calculated the approximate value of each metal where you to melt it down and just sell it for its for its minerals, for its ore value. Right. right. right? And that leaves us with uh, gold medals being worth about five hundred seventy seven dollars. Hmm. You got silver medals at about three hundred and twenty dollars. OK. And you got your bronze value at three dollars and fifty cents. Oh, whoa, whoa. Bit of a drop off there. At the I end. think so. But I'm OK with that because. Bronze, that's, that's, I mean, nice try. Thanks for showing up. But it's a metal. Yeah. It's a metal. Yeah. It's, it's $3.50 more than the fourth place guy got. So that's something. It should be counted. Yeah. But yeah. With, with this new. What else would cost you about three fifty? Like a, one of the nicer McDonald's hamburgers? Yeah. Yeah. One of the, kind of the wow. middle ones or something. Yeah. Wow. You can get about that. Wow. So, wow. Quarter pounder with cheese and fries is a bronze medal. Wow. <laughs> So with these new and standings, drink. we still have Germany is in, in first place with gold medals with five, but their total medal value is three thousand five hundred and thirty-two dollars. Okay, the Netherlands thirty-five hundred bucks. Roughly? Yeah, okay, are actually in first place via total medal value, despite oh. being neither in first in total medals nor golds. Right, with three thousand five hundred ninety-five dollars. So they're wow. about sixty bucks more valuable. Metal-wise, than Germany is nice. The Netherlands, famous as traders and brokers through the uh, you know the centuries, and and a perfect example. They don't need to win the gold or the most or anything. They're just making a profit. For a different perspective, we will bring in Armstrong and Getty Olympics correspondent Michael Kane for his sh- thoughts on the Netherlands. There are only two things I can't stand in this world: people who are intolerant of other people's cultures. And the Dutch. Thank you for bringing that opposite perspective. Michael Kane. back to your post, sir. Um, so rounding out the top five in total medal value, you have Norway is in third with a value of $3,341.50. Okay, very close still. Canada is in fourth place with $3,021.50. Wow. And the United States of America in fifth place with $2,058. We're number five. We're number five. Almost a full $1,000 behind USA. Canada's. That's weak. We got to do better, so guys. So we're, we're not even close to fourth. No, we're meaning third, in we're, the yeah. metal metal count. We're I mean we're nowhere near a medal. Yeah. So there's about five hundred dollars separating first from fourth. About a thousand separating fourth from fifth. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. Is there stuff coming up that we're really good at. 
Uh, yeah, well, Sean, uh, the Sean White events, the actual oh, meddling yeah. things he's oh, been yeah. doing his qualifying runs, but we haven't actually gotten golds and yeah, medals and stuff for that. So, and do we have a like a favorite figure skater? I haven't really paid attention this year. I, I don't know. Uh, well, the the lady oh, the, figure the skater, the feller who does who doesn't want to meet with the vice president. He's supposed to be pretty good. Right? Yeah, that's one. Yeah. There was the uh, the. I forget her name, but she landed the triple axel, which was only the third time in women's young competition. Young so. Kim, or was she a snow? It Kim was matter. the snowboarder yeah, who, they, who just meddled. You know what? Never mind. I already, I'm, I'm beyond my level of interest, which generally speaking means uh, likewise the audience. So, all right, fantastic. And uh, finally, speaking of the Olympics, one more edition of what sport is this person from? We'll play you a little interview clip, then try to figure out what they do. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, what else order. am I supposed to do? I, I think, like, watching the contest just makes you more nervous and more anxious because it's like you're just waiting there. It's like, you know, when you're supposed to go to the theme park and your parents are taking forever to get ready and you're just waiting there. <laughs> and it's just like, what are you supposed to do with yourself? So I was just on social media and I just tweeted my feelings. Hmm. <laughs> yes. She got more coherent toward the end there. Sounded a little less baked. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's a figure skater. Uh, you should have stayed with your God first instincts. That is the uh, the aforementioned young Chloe Kim. Always go with your first read. Talking about how she was tweeting about how hungry she was right before she smoked a gold medal run. Wow, how hungry she was? Yeah, because she, she woke up early and it was the team thing and she yeah. only had a couple bites of the egg sandwich. She said, I'll be fine. And then like a, an hour before the event, she's like, oh, I'm starting yeah. to get hungry. I heard some of the downhill guys talking about how um, you're you're getting ready to to plunge down the hill at ninety miles per hour and and probably die, and then they say, "Oh, sorry, it's too windy. Oh. No plunging down the mountain and, and cheating death today, fellas. Go back to the Olympic Village. Use some more of those free condoms. Maybe on Wednesday, and then Wednesday you show up and hope to plunge down the mountain and almost kill yourself. And maybe yes, maybe no, because of the wind. So we'll have to see." That'd be tough to gearing up for that, and then all of a sudden just the, the elements betray your day. Right, right. And, you know, it would be true of any sport. I mean, if if you showed up for the Super Bowl, and you got all, well, they wouldn't let them warm up and everything. But you showed up, and you're thinking today's the day. You sleep. You sleep the best you can. You have your traditional breakfast, blah, blah, blah. Then they say, oh, sorry, there's a hole in the uh, Megadome. we got to have the Super Bowl tomorrow. That would be hard. But it doesn't have the fear aspect of, like, downhill skiing where you've got to work up the, okay, I'm going to plunge down the mountain and probably almost die. Oh, wait, it's called off today. We're going to do it on Wednesday. So... We got this text. Guys, I have done... We were talking about ski jump versus downhill. Yeah. Guys, I have done both. Going off a ski jump is much easier than making turns in a downhill at 50 miles an hour. What about landing the ski jump? Because that's where I'm concerned. Oh, you'll land. God takes care of that. I might be able to do the in the air part. I might be great at that. <clears throat> do all kinds of things. Put my I, head. I, it's the landing that is really the thing. Oh, that's easy. You just go back into a standard position. You squat a little bit. Hey, look at that. Nice and smooth. Y'all enjoy that? <laughs> I wonder how much of the snowboarder, she got a gold medal winner, male and female, both 17. How much of that is just the, the way you are when you're young? My kids do stuff. We were, yes. at the, we were at the skateboard park yesterday. They just don't care if they have a crash. Mm-hmm. I'm horrified at the idea of. Your bones still bend when you're a kid. 
Or, or I, yeah, I get. Well, yeah, I know that's part of it, but it just for whatever reason, the fear is not there. Right. Like the idea of me toppling over on my bike just sounds horrifying. Oh, I know. Um, I know. And uh, and uh, just just having to put my hand down and break my fall. I mean, just scares the there crap goes out of me. The wrist. My kids do that all the time. That's pain for six months. Yeah. And with a kid, it's like you know six weeks if they really break it. Yeah. And so my son is doing this thing on his. Uh, he's just set up all these things he jumps over on his razor scooter, and he jumps over them, and he came up short yesterday and had this major crash and it was like you know i'll rub this put a band-aid on it and then he's going back to riding around again oh, yeah. i would have just laid there for hours yeah. waiting for an ambulance to arrive another ice pack please <laughs> you know this is straight after the uh, straight uh, from the department of be grateful for your health you know yeah uh, nobody knows how to do that it's a weird thing yeah. you know or <laughs> I, I heard it phrased once take a moment right now and be grateful for the fact that your tooth doesn't ache which is a guy who's had dental problems. Trust me, that's a good idea. But how the hell do you appreciate your health when you have it? You young people, here's what you don't get. As you move through your 30s and 40s, um, your healing time, like quintuples, that thing that, you know, you, you, you crashed uh, playing uh, ball or whatever in, in your 20s. And then, oh, man, the next week I couldn't even play. No, 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 no. The next six months you couldn't play. So as if you are in your 20s right now, the Armstrong and Getty Show, unique among many talk shows in that we have a, a audience that spans the ages. If you're in your 20s right now, I insist you do this. You run and hurl yourself against a brick wall as hard as you possibly can. Just because you can. And injure yourself. And then keep track of how quickly you feel fine again, and and then be grateful for that. Because it does not last. Armstrong Getty, accept no responsibility for brick wall-related injuries. (laughs) I am invincible! Invincible! Ah! And Michael, if you're in your 20s, what else should you do? We were just talking about this in the hallway. Eat a whole bunch of donuts or pizza or whatever the hell you want. It doesn't make you sick, and you don't gain any weight. So do it. Love it. Enjoy it. Don't think it's going to last forever, that you're somehow unique. Because you're not. Or the greatest challenge of all, convenience store burritos. <laughs> what happens is you never stop loving pizza, but it stops loving you. Oh, wow, that hurts. Especially well, can, right before Valentine's Day. I can still get after the za pretty well. As long as I don't get a little happy with the wine at the same time. Well, in terms of how you feel, but oh, yeah. the, the the weight gain thing's real, too. Oh, Lord. Yeah. When, when I can eat whatever I want, and then I just, you know, yeah, whatever. I Who thought cares? you were talking about digestion. Both. Oh, boy. Both. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> so you got the information apocalypse coming or something uh, or other like that. Plus, yeah, uh, including laser fishing, which is soon to be a thing. I'm telling you, you just point your ray gun down there in the lake. Zoom, zoom, zoom. And you get a bunch of bass bubble up. Cooked bass. Oh, yes. Plus, Pledge of Allegiance controversy. Oh, boy. Really? Is it the God part? No. 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 A teacher went nuts. Okay, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The Voice of the West. scared who doesn't Uh, me i don't 
By the way, you said um, convenience store burrito, the ultimate challenge. Somebody says convenience store sushi is the ultimate challenge. Oh, I've not seen convenience store sushi. I do, Wait a I do grocery store sushi, and it, it's no treat either. Well, yeah, but if it were sashimi, the raw stuff, Seven mm. Eleven sashimi. Place. It's right next to the hot dog tray. <laughs> Speaking of animals, you hear about that poacher who got et by lions? Yes, yes. God, I hate poachers. This should be a special for place. The good guys. Should be a special place in hell for those people. How about getting chewed to death? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the uh, we talked about this later in the show yesterday. Within miles of the gleaming Olympic Stadium, in which they explained to us the technical technological wonderland that is south korea Mm -hmm. within a couple of miles is one of the biggest dog meat farms in south korea where they uh, slaughter two million dogs a year and eat them i was scared to make a dog eating joke last week i was tempted to a couple of times Mm -hmm. because i thought no we'll get killed for that it's just it's as common as common can be in that culture and uh and saw a story about some of the beliefs backwards beliefs they have about dogs and the way they treat them and how it makes the meat have more I don't even want to get into it because it's too horrifying. Yeah. But what they do to the dogs, and in theory, the meat then gives you a better boner. You know how those Asian cultures always are comes back to that. Always slaughtering these animals or treating them inhumanely because it's going to give them a better erection. Of course, including just, the lions, the aforementioned yeah, lions, which of course is completely untrue. Yeah. Unbelievable. Our culture's better than theirs. You're not supposed to say that. It is. But ours is better than theirs. It, hell, in most respects. Hear, hear, amen. Um, for now. <laughs> So I've been talking about this guy, Aviv Avadya, who tried to warn the world about fake news in 2016. He gave a big speech in San Francisco warning the people of Facebook, Twitter, and Google about all these different things that could happen. They happened. And um, uh, and and he, he, he believes he's on to what's going to happen in the future or is already happening in certain places. And we've gone through some of them already. Another scenario that he says is a dystopian combination of political botnets and astroturfing where political movements are manipulated by fake grassroots campaigns. We know this happened to a certain extent. I don't even remember what it was. It was one of your pro-Black Lives Matter or anti-Black Lives Matter. It doesn't make any difference, really. One of those groups that turned out to be almost completely fake. The, the rallies were fake. The, uh, the, the quotes and pictures going around on Facebook were fake. It mm. didn't even really exist, but people thought it existed, so it accomplished what it wanted to accomplish in terms of whipping people up. Increasingly believable AI-powered bots will be able to effectively compete with real humans for legislator and and regulator attention because it'll be too difficult to tell the difference. Ah. So right now, legislators, they actually react to phone calls and letters. Mm -hmm. But they're soon to be overwhelmed by fake stuff, and they won't be able to tell what's real and what's not. Wow. How do they deal with that? I don't know. Then there's also automated laser fishing, which is coming to your email box soon. You see a trout in the water, you just blast it. Essentially, it's using AI to scan things like your social media presence, some of your other emails, and craft false but completely believable messages from people you know. So you would get an email in your box from one of your friends. These are the emails you don't worry about, right? Sure. Uh, You click on it. It's got some details in it about, hey, hey, that was fun Friday night, huh? Well, this Saturday night, we're going to blank. You don't even, it doesn't even cross your mind that it might be phony. Mm-hmm. Well, in the very near future, artificial intelligence is going to go into your Facebook postings, looking at your emails, all your different stuff, and put together a completely believable email. Wow. Dude, we're going to go play this golf course for a couple of days. It looks great. You know, from one of my golf buddies. Yeah. I click on the link and 
God help me. That's part of it. That's that's definitely part of it. Um, the game changer, according to Avadia, is that something like laser fishing would allow bad actors to target anyone and create a believable imitation of them using publicity, uh, publicly available data. So it could be that getting you to click on a link and then, you know, they're into your computer. It could be spreading information from people you believe. So it gives it more credibility mm. about various stories. Well, and I'd imagine character assassination would be easy, too. Uh, you know, I decide I'm going to ruin positive Sean. What? And I, uh, I'm, well, I'm tired of you. <laughs> um, and so I send out a bunch of horrendous racist emails from his account with all sorts of personal details and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff like that and multiple platforms and the rest of it. So it's not just an email, but an email from a friend that you've been anxiously waiting for for a while. And because it would be so easy to create things that are fake, you'd become overwhelmed. If every bit of spam you receive looked identical to emails from real people you knew, each with its own motivation trying to convince you of something, like I said, political, hacking into your computer, just messing with you, whatever, you end up just saying, okay, I'm just going to ignore my inbox. That leads to what he calls reality apathy, beset by a torrent of constant misinformation. People just give up on the idea of pretty much all information, Mm. news, emails from friends, everything. You can't trust anything. People stop paying attention to news, and that's a fundamental, obviously, to to a democracy for us to be able to operate at all. So before long, all of America will have my attitude as I go through emails and read, you guys are terrible talk show guys and bad Americans. You're probably bad dads because you're liberals slash fascists slash (laughs) conservatives slash whatever. Why don't you die? Nothing. Okay. Then into the next one. Then into the fake video stuff we were talking about earlier that gets better every single day. You don't need to create the fake video for this tech to have serious impact. You just need to point to the fact that the tech exists and you can impugn the integrity of the stuff that's real. We're going to have candidates have a video come out of something that they've done, and then they're just going to say, that's not real. Right. And it's going to work. Do you want to hear that talking heads thing so we can hear kind of how the audio Oh, yeah. The, the, the audio, audio is quality. amazing. Yeah. You can't even tell it's edited. Listen to this. Shotgun shack, and you may find yourself in another part of the world. I'm an audio professional. I can't hear the edits. Behind the wheel of a large automobile. Perfectly convincing. A beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you know, you may say to yourself, well, <laughs> how did I get here? So, yeah, there's progress that needs to be made, but that's funny. So they've done this thing, uh, uh, an event they've called the Fake News Horror Show, where they have all these tech geniuses come and bring those scariest things they can think of. Oh, I want to see the that. Future. Uh, I'll hit you with some of those coming up. But we are, th- this next election could make the last election look like the 1800s in terms of uh, confusion and, and high tech being manipulated. Oh, I thought you meant we'd ride horses. Exactly. Like Roy Moore. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, a national intelligence director has just announced the soaring national debt poses a national security threat. Because gonna, it does. We're going to get into that minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. All they found was the guy's head. And a couple of lions saying, hmm, that was good. Well, the lion saves that to put it up on his wall for later. That's right. right. It's a trophy. They think the guy was a poacher. Good. They uh, just left his head and some remains. The grizzly parts, evidently. 
You know, there's so much of this. I'm not chewing up this one grizzly piece, said the lion, as he tucks it under his <laughs> asparagus that he's not eating. Yeah, poachers. Sometimes there's justice. Yeah, no kidding. And and once again, according to the wildlife charity, uh, blah, 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 lion bones and other body parts are increasingly sought after in Southeast Asia, where they're sometimes used as a substitute for tiger bones. For what, you might ask? To get better boners, of course, or some other ridiculous, phony health claim. You idiots. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, National Intelligence Director Dan Coates says the soaring national debt poses a significant threat to U.S. economic and national security. I'm concerned that our increasing fractious political process is threatening our ability to properly defend our nation. <clears throat> both in the short term and especially in the long term. Yeah, it's not a f- the fractious process that's the problem. They, they all agree yeah. on this. That's the problem. And as uh, we pointed out in some poll numbers yesterday, Americans don't care. So that's why the politicians are safe voting for more spending and not worrying about where the money is going to come from. Most people don't care. Trump not mentioning the national debt right. in the State of the Union. First time since 1976. First time in 42 years there's been a State of the Union address with no mention of the national debt. Particularly egregious considering that it's the biggest it's ever been. Which is really quite amazing. So even the Democrats would mention it during theirs? Oh, you've got to. You've got to mention it. Yeah. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, what percentage of our brave leaders in Washington would say, I would absolutely lose an election uh, before I'd do the wrong thing? We've got to do the right thing here. None of them. Entitlement reform, I know it's unpopular. We just need to explain to the American people why we have to do it. Otherwise, old yeah. people in 30 years are going to starve. Nobody's willing to say that. Nobody's willing to ask the voters of that. I don't care whether it's uh, you know one of those awe-inspiring stories of some uh, hardcore ass-kicking principal of some urban school who turns around and all of a sudden these kids, everybody had given up on, you know, certainly the school districts and the teachers' unions had given up on them. All of a sudden, all these inner-city kids, black kids, whatever, are achieving like crazy because people expect more of them. Well, we expect nothing of our voters. Politicians aren't saying, look, I know this is hard to understand, but you got to hear this. That spirit is is gone. And little mourned. Back to you. I'm sorry. I'm Joe Getty. Back to you. Senator Bernie Sanders could be making another run for the White House in 2020. The Vermont Independent is set to appear in the key battleground state of Iowa next week, where he's going to be rallying support for his former campaign aide who is running for Congress. A number of pundits say this move by Bernie is a sign that Sanders is serious about running for the presidency yet again. $27! I'll bet I lived that long! $27! Says I'm still alive! How how old is he? Uh, Bernie's, what, 77 now? He's getting so up there. So he'll be in his 80s when yeah. he runs? Yeah. Right. Oh, boy. Check that out for me. He's Son. 76. Don't you make him older All than he right, is, Marshall? 76. So I was right aging. media bias. <laughs> yeah, so he's... Bernie! Bernie! Yeah, he'd be 79, 80 years old. Come on. Well, if, if they hadn't cheated him, he'd have been the nominee. Yeah. Oh, perhaps we could uh, talk about the pleasures of socialism, where in Venezuela, people are just giving up their children yeah. by the thousands, yeah. because they just can't feed them anymore. There's no food in the socialist utopia of Venezuela. It's dying. As they all do. Well, I know Positive Sean has been putting a lot of effort into his newly found relationship, but we've got a new study out that says people will say a lot of negative things about millennials, but it turns out they excel 
when it comes to having happy relationships. Uh-huh. Very uh, romantic. Are the millennials? Uh, mm-hmm. Survey from eHarmony and Harris Interactive looked at over 2,000. Oh, two, 2000. Don't, don't give where the surveys come from. That ruins the story. <laughs> yeah, come on, Marshall. Let's all right, just all a pretend survey. it's a eHarmony is a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. What uh, are you what talking you about? They're leaders yeah. in the art of Self- bringing people together on the internet. Self-reporting <laughs> small study. <laughs> Noted think tank eHarmony. 2000 U.S. This is in praise of your generation. We probably don't deserve it. Go ahead. Anyway, U.S. adults who are uh, either married or in a long-term relationship overall, they found 64% said they were happy with their relationships. 19% said they were not happy. And when respondents were broken down into age groups, millennials were the happiest due to, among other things, their willingness to compromise and go to couples therapy. Oh, there you go. There you have it. Yep. And they also found out millennials argue a lot more than uh, other age groups, but that's a sign of their relationship dedication and a way to release tensions before they get to an unhealthy stage. It's just a sign of our relationship dedication. I'm going to tell everyone about how shitty you are. Says you, you toad. If if you know how to do it, it seems like that could be a very valuable thing for a relationship. Yeah. Actually, just airing out, no, this bugs me when you do that. No, no, no. When it's actually because, you know, that if you can do that, and not let it spiral out of control. That sure. seems very healthy. Maybe yeah. I don't listen, but the problem is you say so many stupid things. <laughs> right. That's sharing. That's healthy. <laughs> and one last note. Black Panther hitting the big screen this week, and analysts say it is on track to rake in as much as $170 million at the box office. If that holds, the Disney Marvel flick could break the previous President's Day weekend record set by Deadpool in 2016. A lot of buzz about Black Panther. Yeah, this is, it's going to be a huge movie that's already getting a lot of, but is it the best superhero movie ever, which is irrelevant for 90% of the people who go to the movies. Uh, but I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be checking it out. This uh, looks like a fun one. There's a whole lot of, um, like, uh, black consciousness support behind the movie. Yes. Finally, a superhero who looks like me and my kids, blah, oh, gotcha. blah, blah. Right. You could certainly see the appeal of that, yeah. though there have been others. Yeah, people act like Blade never happened or Blank Man, which right. is a comedy, you not know, really a superhero movie. I but. heard one guy from Rolling Stone, um, and, you know, he's a, he's a black man himself, so I certainly don't get to tell him what to think. He said the problem with, like, Blade and the, uh, what was the... Uh, the Will Smith Hancock uh, yeah, superhero right. vil- uh, vehicle. Yeah, he said those were about the stars. Mm-hmm. Those were you go to see Wesley Snipes or whatever. Right. And this is about the character, blah, blah, blah. I thought, okay, that's an interesting way to slice it. But eh, that's what you feel. That's what you feel. This one also uh, almost entirely black cast, black director. It's one of the, you know, it's 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 celebrating a lot of things that, that uh, people are rallying around. Okay. Ah! Can you give me one more sentence just so I can right. enjoy it? Yeah, about, absolutely. about how it fits into the whole universe yeah. of the Marvel Comics thing. So, man. yeah, this is based in Wakanda, which is the most technologically... Oh, right. That's enough. <laughs> the Sean Gong. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. I'm glad I can bring you guys so much joy. <laughs> <laughs> we have an actual gong. Oh, boy. Some other ways your lives are going to be ruined by modern communication, among other things coming up. Super. We got a text from somebody uh, from South Korea about the dog-eating thing. Oh, really? Trying to set us straight, so stay tuned for all that. I feel straight right now, but I'll I'll listen. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West.
she or he will be in public execution after return to North Korea, and his or she's whole family will be sent to the political prison camp. Here's a little report on the reality of North Korea. It's oh, I don't know. That pretty, pretty sister of, I guess he's their president. She's just been fabulous, and the cheerleaders are fun to watch. That has all gone away pretty fast. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty loud backlash to the coverage Friday. And now everybody's, uh, hey, let's uh, let's do a reality check on North Korea there for a second. Um, this Olympic note, Channel 7 in Chicago, uh, ran the wrong graphic as the guy was doing the Olympics. Instead of behind him saying Winter Olympics 2018 Pyeongchang, it said Winter Olympic 2018 P.F. Chang. <laughs> <laughs> like an odd spot for a corporate tie-in. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's funny. As they point out here, Pyeongchang is a mountainous county 110 miles southeast of Seoul in South Korea. That's probably why they got to ski in there. P.F. Chang is an Asian-inspired chain restaurant with 220 U.S. locations. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, they got the lettuce wraps there. Now I get it. (laughs) They have a funny intern that works there. That's some (laughs) solid journalism. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um. Oh, and uh, the whole South Korea thing. Little reality check on South Korea is they got to tell the world what they are on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Hey, you you put your best foot forward, right? They got the five G uh, internet service going there on your phone. Sure, they're oh, the most zappity zappity fast. They're the most tech forward, uh, looking to the future ahead of everybody else in the world country, and they're eating dogs like crazy. Woof! Right there near the Olympic Village. We got this Baxter, text. Turn the radio off. I'm I'm asking you, turn the radio off at home. You do not want to hear this. And thanks to USA Today for for doing that article. But uh, we got this text from somebody who claims to know only oldsters in Korea eat dog. It's definitely on the way out. Okay, I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I okay. can believe that's sure true. And then this: my oldest has been living there for over ten years and rarely sees it on the menu. Rarely sees it on the menu. So you do sometimes. Actually, see it on the freaking menu at a restaurant. Yeah, holy crap! I was thinking that maybe it was just uh, people in the rural areas on their own. They haven't been able to stamp it out. No, it's or they're starving. Uh, Yeah, Uh, no, it's on the menu at the restaurant. That's incredible. Incredible. Um, flambéed beagle. Yeah, German shepherd pie. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I'm against it. Way against it. Of course. Shit uh, zoo on the shingle. Be pretty good. <laughs> Hoping you'd say that. Yes, you like a little protein for breakfast. So, do we all go to the meetings now, or is that just you? <laughs> like, how does this work? I had things to do. Dachshund on a bun. It's a natural. Uh, yeah. Um, so. We're being taken over by um, uh, fake news and false information, and uh, it's the information apocalypse, according to this guy who... Oh, you're not going to tell us more about the dogs. Okay. That's all I know. Okay. You want to know more? No, not really. This guy, Aviva Vadya, I've been uh, quoting from this article, and he's trying to, I was going to say scare us all, but I don't think he's trying to scare us all. He's just trying to inform us of what he thinks is going to happen. Well, and thus far, absolutely everything he's saying is completely true. In the next two, three, four years, we're going to have to plan for hobbyist propagandists who can make a fortune by creating highly realistic photo uh, uh, simulations. And should those attempts work and people come to suspect that there's no underlying reality to media artifacts of any kind, photo, Mm -hmm. video, no longer mean anything. Right. 
then we're in a really different place as a, as a nation, as a society. It'll only take a couple of big hoaxes to really convince the public that nothing is real. And then, as he points out, everything has changed forever. Yeah. Court system, too. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. What is evidence in a world where so much evidence can be faked? couple of big hoaxes. He's absolutely right. You get a couple of big examples where, oh, my God, that was fake. We all believed something. Turns out to be fake. Mm-hmm. Changes forever. Our perception of audio, video, all that sort of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Sean and I were discussing off the air that, you know, there are, you know, you can imprint a digital recording with code so you can tell whether it's been edited. But the bad guys are working on faking that code as fast as they can. And, you know, it's it's the arms race of truth versus, uh, you know, uh, uh, distorting the truth. And finally, to sum all this up, a senior federal employee who's main job is investigating information warfare how how do we battle all the other countries that are trying to screw us on this and battle back i'm sure he said i think about it from the sense of the enlightenment which was all about the search for truth i think what you're seeing now is an attack on the enlightenment and enlightenment documents like the constitution by adversaries trying to create a post-truth society and that's a direct threat to the foundations of our current civilization right i don't think that's overstated at all. No, I, I don't. The fact that there are people trying to, uh, well, they're actually preaching that right now, that logic and facts are an artificial construct by the, you know, by white people or the paternalistic society or blah, 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 and that what you must trust is our doctrine. Don't ask for facts or logic, because that is, that's the, again, that's the, uh, the white overlord's way of looking at the world. Um, which, you know, it's uh, far more than white people. It's all sorts of different people who believe in this stuff. And the Enlightenment has brought us virtually every good thing we have. Well, um, But in a post-truth world, that sort of, you know, like a, a Marxist doctrine or, or Maoism or something. Maoism wasn't about facts. It was about doctrine. Believe this doctrine or we will kill you. And people got all gung-ho about it. And that would be really easy to propagate in the world that he and you are describing. I don't see how this gets fixed. I really don't. I hope I'm just uh, short-sighted and unimaginative and that there's a way to do it. Somebody said maybe the return of paper newspapers, um, maybe they'll make a comeback. And you think this paper, because you'd have to have a giant, expensive printing press to put out all these paper newspapers to get information to people. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can believe that since you can't believe anything on your computer or your phone. Yeah. Since anybody can do that, a 400-pound guy sitting on his bed, as Trump famously said, can't put out a newspaper to everybody. Because he's too fat? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. You know, ignorance and prejudice, superstition and hate have been around since the beginning of time. They take different forms and have different vehicles at different times. Um, could we be heading towards some sort of weird informational dark ages? Which are much more tribal and I, yeah, just based I, on loyalty as opposed to enlightenment. Yeah, probably. I'm generally the last person to say, you know, that the that the world won't fix this. Um, you know, everything will get it'll work out somehow. It always has. I don't know how this gets fixed. I really don't. Mm. When when nothing is real, what is going to happen to society? Just it's mind blowing to me. Just the only, only thing you'll be able to believe is your own personal interactions. Everything else is suspect. <clears throat> the next step, the Matrix. I'm surprised you haven't bring up your obvious conclusion, which is always cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> It'll lead to cannibalism. 
Imagine if the time of Gutenberg, I mean, one of the big, biggest things that happened with the printing press was getting all those Bibles out there. Um, if people had to start putting out the all Bible. these different fake Bibles, with right, all, Mr. President, all right. these fake Bibles with all kinds of fake crap in it, because right. anybody from any hut could do it. Or, for instance, Jesus advocates cannibalism. Yeah, or whatever. Which would be surprising, given the rest of his doctrine. How much would that have changed the spread of that particular information? Right, right. Well, uh, okay, I'm not going to get into, uh, you know, first century theology, but there is a bit of an issue with that. But it obviously, it can be done the blink of an eye these days. I, For the longest time, I fantasized, if I had nothing but free time, I would put together elaborate internet hoaxes. Purely to amuse myself. Oh God! And there's millions. I wouldn't of people want to there. hurt anybody or get anybody elected or killed or anything like that. No, I just want to make asses of the media. But now it's just, it, it's too much. It's not funny anymore. Well, yeah, because pretty soon we're not going to believe anything. Right. Hey, what's the tattoo in the on the inner thigh of that ah! ice that ice skater girl? Does anybody know what that tattoo is? Is that some is sort that of Chinese? USA? Is that Chinese propaganda of some sort on her inner thigh? Oh, I don't know. Need an answer to that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 